The wedding season's upon us with their days of joy contrasting with the turmoil of an uncertain world, etc. The marriage rate, though, has gone down. There are fewer than 10 marriages now each year for every 1,000 people aged 16 and over who are not married or in a civil union already. That's the official stat. 50 years ago, there were five times as many marriages. And the days of joy don't last as long either, 13 years till divorce on average for 42% of married couples. Australian stats suggest the longest lasting marriages have four children attached to them. That's interesting. At America's Institute for Family Studies, they say the optimal age for getting wed and staying wed is between the ages of 28 and 32 for both partners. So still we do it. How we do it has been questioned. Author, actor, social commentator and long-time marriage celebrant Pinky Agnew is joining us. Kia ora, Pinky. Kia ora, Jim. You're wearing a T-shirt with love on it. Is, is that, it's not a celebrant's uh, T-shirt. You don't celebrate weddings in that. No, I don't. I'd be I'd be very out of place if I wore a t-shirt to a wedding, but um, it's it's what celebrants wear in their downtime. You know, we wear t-shirts with loving slogans on them. <laughs> out of interest, what are the most popular walking down the aisle songs? You know, like for those more formal weddings, what do people, what do brides enter to at the moment? Yeah. It's interesting, and, and they can be quite quirky. And because I'm elderly, um, some of them I don't recognise. But there's there's a big difference between the walking in music and the walking walking out music. Because generally, the walking in music is some piece of music that's like her favourite thing. But the walking out music tends to be a bit more upbeat. And you know, you might have something like Love Train. The music coming in, you'd be surprised how many times I have heard. Hacker Bell's Cannon. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's real old fave. It's been plundered a lot, Packer Bell's Cannon. Does Ed Sheeran get a look in for brides? Um, I'm not sure. I know that there's one song that was just on constant repeat, but that was by Bruno Mars, which is that song, Marry You. Ah, right. Okay. Very, very appropriate lyrics and, again, very celebratory. And All of Me, John Legend, was another one as well. But I'm not sure about Ed Sheeran. Sorry, Ed, if you're listening, and I know you will be. I think you will be. Yeah. Pinky, are actual cisgender marriages now mainly the preserve of the educated and those couples with more money, as is the case in the United States, or not here? Well, it's a bit hard to tell, but I would think not. Ah. So now you can have a registry wedding. They have quite strict rules around them. Um, So they have to be like a registry office wedding. Um, You know, a small number of guests, you know, they have to be close to the uh, where the celebrant is and so on. You know, there's a lot of a lot of um, rules around it. But, you know, those sort of things can be really attractive to, say, a couple from um, who have Indian heritage and they might have a registry style wedding. um, And that's their legal wedding. They might go off then and have a, a, a big three day Hindu wedding. Right. Elsewhere. But there are also weddings which are officiated at in churches. So if you think about the big Pacifica churches, for example, in um, Tamaki Makaurau, you might have, um, you know, big Pacifica weddings up there. They certainly wouldn't be the um, 
necessarily be the wealthy elite. No, no. Okay, and I was just curious. I know you preside over all manner of unions, not just heterosexual marriages, but Time magazine is asking an interesting question. Why don't more women propose? Why don't women get down on one knee in this enlightened era? What What do you think yeah. about the reason for that? Um, certainly with uh, same-sex couples, um, two women, one of those women is generally going to get down on their knee and propose. And that's one of the things that fascinated me because I had thought that when um, marriage, when the Marriage Equality Act came in, or when the Civil Union um, Act came in before, prior to that, I had thought, well, they'll be smashing apart the whole, you know, patriarchal uh, marriage paradigm. And of course, I could not have been more wrong because, <laughs> you know, it really made me think about, so why is this? You know, why do men still propose? Because they do in opposite-sex couples and in same-sex couples, it's, that one of them usually proposes. You know, all those kind of rituals that as humans we have around life's milestones of, of you know, death and dying, of uh, birth, and of partnering are ancient. They're as ancient as we are. So we still do things at funerals that our ancient ancestors have done. So it's no surprise that we still do things <laughs> around partnering. That certainly hasn't changed. What has changed has been the proposals over the years that I've observed have been become increasingly elaborate. And Say it's a, an opposite-sex couple, you know, and the guy, um, they've, they've had a chat. They've probably already got their joint mortgage. Um, and so he will do one of two things. He'll either go and buy a ring or he'll know that he's not in any way qualified to buy a piece of jewellery that she will want to wear for the rest of her life. So he will maybe get her some kind of little joke ring. Um, or a little fun ring or, you know, some of the jewellers actually do make rings, especially for proposals. They make okay. proposal rings. So, for example, this one fellow had told me about his proposal. He, he decided that he was going to light all these candles in the bedroom. He'd got all these rose petals, put them all on the bed. He had, and it, from memory, it was something like, you know, one candle for every week they'd had together or something like this. And these are often couples who've been together for, you know, seven or eight years. So <laughs> so he, he got home from work, he put all the candles on the bed, of you know, chilling the champagne, everything you would expect. Had all the candles set out in the bedroom and she's, you know, she's coming home on the number six bus. And so he starts lighting these candles. And that's when he got about halfway through, he realised what a terrible idea this was. <laughs> Because firstly, um, some of the ones that he'd lit first were already almost <laughs> burning out, but he had them all different sizes, but some of the little tea light ones were almost gone. And secondly, the room was terribly hot <laughs> and he described the air as shimmering. <laughs> so shimmering. You'd imagine the fire hazard. <laughs> and so here he was sweating like, anything, trying to get all these candles lit and with the, you know, the petals on the bed starting to curl up and dry out and look like potpourri, he sort of thought better of it and redistributed some of the candles around the house. 
but he was still panting. And <laughs> she comes to the door and he's sweating. He hasn't had time to have a shower. He opens the door. She said, why was it so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a funny story. Look, I I take your point about ancient rituals being powerful. But I mean, in the old days, women didn't marry women. So things have emphatically changed. Mm-hmm. I'm still puzzled why the man still does all the proposing in this day and age. But also, I think the proposal ritual is one of the few rituals that that has totally belonged to the to the guy. So You know, females have many, many rituals that are built up around weddings, the dress, the colours she wears, the bridesmaids, you know, all these kinds of things. So I think that now with the influence, say, of Instagram, weddings are more visual than ever before. And they will often have... um, a, a photographic record taken by a professional right from the proposal. So the focus is on the bride in this age, uh, in this Instagrammable age. So she wouldn't tend to propose. The bloke would still have to. Well, not still have to. I think it's a ritual that has belonged to men. I was approached one time by a woman who wanted to quite seriously marry a tree. Um, is her way of expressing her love for nature. Right. And, um, yeah, so I, I declined her and she was, you know, she was said, well, why? And I said, well, because the tree can't give consent. Tree's company. Um, so, <laughs> so men... Brilliant. <laughs> men Brilliant, Jim. Men uh, still have to bear the brunt of rejection in proposals. I understand this. And one more question for you. Uh, women continue to take their husbands' names. This is the other thing, Pinky. It's interesting. I can only comment on it anecdotally because um, when you sign your wedding documents, um, which I preside over, they're um, still using their pre-married names. But anecdotally, I can tell you again how surprised I am as an aged feminist that women still continue to uh, take their husband's name. And I have, again, I've officiated at weddings where the husband has taken the wife's name. I've officiated at ceremonies where they have uh, created a double banger name. And I've officiated at a ceremony where they have created a new name. But of course, as you know, when women have children, they can... They don't have to na- give them the father's surname. No. They can give them any old surname they want. And again, it was interesting for me to reflect on this when I started officiating at civil unions and then same-sex weddings, um, is that the name issue still arises quite a lot. So quite often, again, the couples will then um, you know, hyphenate their two names so that they both have the same name. Um, sometimes one will take the other's names. And um, so that is still, you know, that is that still happens with same-sex couples. 80% of American women uh, married to men continue to take their husband's last names. It's so interesting. And just a couple of mm. questions before we go. Do your couples tend to have honeymoons anymore? They seem to, yes. Okay. Yeah, and... Um, and one, of course, as you know, one of the social trends at the moment, you know, that we we have now is that people don't 
have the great present opening anymore. They generally put send out a note with their electronic invitations telling people what they want. Yeah, and right. sometimes what they want is good old money, and they put their um, bank account in the in the invitation. I and you put your money in, and they're off to Bali. For the honeymoon. I must be too old school. I haven't quite got my head around that, but I know I've seen it. Uh, what would you call an average spend for a reasonably classy wedding these days? Honestly, I know we were discussing it recently at a at a cans gathering, and I just can't remember. But it is, you know, it was something astronomical, twenty thousand dollars or something awful like that. I mean, I personally, you know. I, <laughs> I might be shooting myself in the foot here, but I think that's a lot. I think it's too much, really. And one of the things I really try and emphasise to my couples is that, you know, they want it to be a celebration. So make it a celebration. Make it about you. You know, there's not very much you have to do legally. And, you know, my job is to make sure that that is done. So I'll be there making sure that's done. But have some fun. You know, when I got married, we had our reception first, and it was so much fun. And then we all got on the bus, went down to the venue, and got married. It was so lovely. <laughs> Did you propose? Not at all. <laughs> and in fact, I know that Alan won't mind me saying this, but the first time he proposed, I said no. Oh. But I said, I'm saying no for now because he proposed to me the first time we, we were at a wedding <laughs> and this is not uncommon we're at a wedding and I could see him looking around thinking gee this is a great idea and he said something along those lines this is a great idea why don't we get married and I said well I, I'm going to say I said seriously he said seriously and I said well I'm going to say no for now but I because I really want you to think about it because when you're older as we were and are you know it's not just in sickness and in health isn't just bringing me a cup of tea in bed when I've got a, you know, the flu or something. It, it means that he's making a commitment not just to me but to my family who've stood by me through some awful times that he is going to look after me through sickness and in health. Mm. And we've all seen those marriages where one of the partners ends up becoming a caregiver or. Um, you know, they they have to stick by each other through all kinds of challenges. So I really wanted him to think about that. And if that really was what he wanted, and it certainly was, because he proposed a few months later, and I very happily said yes, but it was just very casual and beautiful at home. There was no ring. It was just a beautiful uh, proposal, very simple and beautiful and pure, and I had no trouble saying Yes, please. <laughs> He's a good man and a lucky one. <laughs> well, I can possibly comment. Um... Pinky Agnew, lovely to talk to you. Thank you for filling us in on the latest in winnings. Thank you, Jim. It's uh, not far away from the news with Karen. Uh, Jim, my sister wanted the Bruno Mars song until I urged her to listen to the lyrics. It's a terribly unromantic song. My husband and I kept our names. Our children's surnames alternate between our names. Between our names. I wonder how that works. If you're, well, I suppose it's just been explained to me. If you're planning to get wed uh, this summer and are thinking about an inscription on a ring, 
Here's an idea. The BBC reported this past week that someone with a metal detector found a medieval gold ring in a field next to a country road with a rhyming declaration on it in French, which was the language of courtly love. Je désire vous querouille, which means I desire to serve you. And that would have been on the man's ring, and he would have worn it as was the fashion on the tip of the finger although men wore rings up and down their fingers back then. And another popular inscription for men's wedding rings centuries ago was, I wish to obey. Women gained the right to propose marriage in Scotland in the year 1228, I was reading, and it caught on in the rest of Europe before dying out later, which is not to suggest that there was equality between the sexes, but at least there were good intentions.